If you have your Bibles today, and I hope you do, I want you to turn to Matthew, the 24th chapter. The Gospel of Matthew, the 24th chapter. In weeks past, we've kind of been talking about this. And well, a week or two, I kind of ventured off of it. But we're going to go back to Matthew, the 24th chapter today. Now, as you're turning to the 24th chapter, I want you to go with me here in your mind. I want you to travel back to when you was a child. You know, when, when I grew up as a child, and I know most of y'all probably the same way, but we didn't have them Xboxes, and, and we didn't have Playstations, and we didn't have video games. When we played, we either played by ourselves or we played with the neighbor kids, and we actually uh, talked to each other face-to-face and, and, and played. But if, if you were like me, now, now me, I, a lot of times I've, I've been out in the country, I've played by myself, and I had my little mini farm out under a pecan tree in the shade of a pecan tree. And I mean, I was a busy little booger, but periodically, uh, a group of us kids would, would get together and, and we would be playing. And, and, and I mean, we would be gone for hours and hours and hours. And, and you know, but there was something that transpired, whether it was me by myself or when, when playing with friends, Mother would holler and say, it's time to come in. And if it was a group of us, well, well, you know, you'd start hearing cars drive up and, and you would hear a mother yell for her kid and that kid just knew that it was his mom. Just like I knew when my mom hollered for me. Her voice was very distinctive. And, but, and, and it didn't matter how far away I was when mother heard, I knew it was time to come in. Now, sometimes I drug my feet, especially if I was plowing my field. And I needed to finish before, before supper time. Well, the second time she hollered, there was a little bit more importance in her voice that I arrived in that house pretty doggone quick. And, and there was no mistake about it when she called me. Well, I tell you that to say this. One day in the future, and we don't know when, but Jesus is coming back. And the signs when He returns will be very clear. They will be unmistakable. It will be obvious. Now, even though we're not for sure when Jesus' return will transpire, you can bet on one thing, that it will be a very powerful, can't-miss-it event. You know, I didn't always come when my mother called. But I want to tell you this, when Jesus comes back, when He returns, I'll gladly welcome that moment and I will go with Him. Now, we're going to continue today here in Matthew 24. When Jesus told us what that day, we're going to look at what that day is going to be like. And, you know, as, as I said earlier, in past weeks, we have been uh, talking about what to expect as we approach end times, the things that we're going to go through. 
And, and, and today we're going to talk about what to expect when Jesus is ret returns. But in Matthew's writing, he teaches us that the true Messiah's coming, it, it's not going to be hidden from anyone. It's not going to be secret. He, his coming is not going to be just to a select group of people. In other words, everybody is going to know who it is and, and, and what he is there for. And it will be something that is going to be visible to everyone, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. But also in this teaching today, we're going to see Jesus give us a, 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 uh, a warning, if you will. He's going to make us aware of the false claims about His identity and His return. And we're going to look, no matter how compelling argument someone else might make or, or how convincing they may sound, we will know the real, true Jesus when He returns. So let's turn to Matthew, the 24th chapter. I'm going to begin reading in verse 23. Now in my Bible, these verses that we're going to read is all read. So this is Jesus Himself speaking. Verse 23, Matthew 24. Y'all there? Amen? Amen. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christ. You could put the word false messiahs there. And false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. That word elect is chosen ones. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers. That secret chambers is inner room. Believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even or flashes even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For whosoever the for wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the power of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together His elect, there's that word again, chosen ones, from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Let me encourage you to do a couple of things. Number one, put you a bookmark there because we will be going elsewhere and you may want to get out a, a pen and jot down some of these scriptures because uh, at one point I will kind of rapid fire through some and you may want to have some notes that you can go back and look at later on. Let me visit with you today about waiting exclamation point expectantly. 
exclamation point. Now let's look at these first three verses. Verses 23 through 25. If you ever saw someone in danger, you would give them a warning to, to look out, to, to watch out. But we would especially warn someone if we loved and care about them. Now, Jesus cares so deeply for His followers, and we saw this two or three weeks ago. We, we talked about this, that Jesus cares so much for His children that He will shorten the period of tribulation for their sake. Now we read that, that Jesus' care is so deep that He warned them of the dangers of being deceived by false religious peddlers. Now we're going to talk more about that in a minute. And, and, and here we go. You notice that Jesus warned of two things. Now the Bible says false Christ, or my translation does, and I told you you could put the word Messiah there. And then it talks about false prophets. Well, the first obvious question is, what's the difference between these two groups? Because you see false Messiah and false prophets, you think false is false. It, it, it's no different. But I want you to understand that the false Messiahs are those who claim that they are the Christ. In other words, they are the anointed one of God or, or from God. False prophets, on the other hand, are those who claim to have the truth revealed to them by God, possibly in a hoax that supports one of these so-called false messiahs. Now, these false messiahs and these false prophets are quite deceptive. They're quite deceiving. We read that in, in, in the Word. They, they can be very convincing because the Bible says they can supposedly back up their claims by doing many wonders and, and performing many signs that would lead us astray. Unfortunately, miracles are a part of their deception. But the problem with their miracles are they're nothing but smoke and mirrors. They, they don't amount to anything. So God is warning us. His Word is warning us that Satan and his demons can seemingly do such marvels, such wonders in an attempt to deceive people. I want to show you something. Don't forget to put your bookmark. Go to 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. Second Thessalonians, the second chapter. I want you to look in verse 9. Second Thessalonians, the second chapter, verse 9. I didn't get very many amens. Amen. I'm getting more now. Alright. Notice what it says. Even Him whose coming is af after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. You know who that's talking about? That's talking about the Antichrist. That's who that's talking about. And with all deceivableness, 
of unrighteousness or unrighteous deception in them or among them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now, what I want you to see here is this. The man of sin uh, uh, will have the power to do amazing things. But his power is from Satan. And he will use that power to destroy anyone he possibly can. In other words, he wants to draw people away from Jesus Christ and toward Him because that is the ultimate goal of the Antichrist. You remember we talked about this in weeks past. He will set up in the temple and He will want people to worship Him. That's His goal is to draw people in. Now, because of this, we as Christians, we, we should be prepared to identify these false teachings and, and, and the reason we can identify them is they don't align with God's Word. Once again, this is an encouragement from us. And I know y'all get tired of me standing up here and harping on you about you need to get in the Bible. You need to be reading the Bible. You need to be studying the Bible. This is the reason why. is, is because this is an encouragement to read the Bible and know what it says. That way you're prepared. You won't be deceived. Because I want to tell you something. They're coming after you. The Antichrist and all his little minions, they're coming after you. It's going to be like, you know, all guns a-blazing. It's, it's, it's a big deal. And we've been talking about that in weeks past. So Jesus gives us some, some encouragement in His description of end times. The false messiahs, the false prophets will, will want to be able to pull off deceiving the true Christ followers. That's like their ultimate goal. They will attempt to lead us astray if possible. And notice what the Bible said, even the elect. That's the chosen ones. Now, Satan has never been able to, to deceive. Listen, Satan has never been able to deceive true believers about the identity of the Lord. Let me show you what, what Jesus had to say about that in the Gospel of John. Turn to John the 10th chapter. John the 10th chapter. Now what I'm going to read might be just a little bit different than what, what your translation is, but you'll be able to get it. Uh, did I tell y'all verse 27? John 10 verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Now, what I want you to see, this is just like a shepherd protecting his sheep. That, that's what the line of thinking I want you to have here. Jesus protects His people from 
eternal harm. Now, you right, might remember, turn, turn back to Matthew, the 24th chapter, and if you go back to verse 13, we looked at this uh, two or three weeks ago, whenever it was. Y'all's memory is better than mine. But verse 13, it says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Y'all remember that? Oh boy, y'all better be shaking. Nobody's shaking their head yes. Oh, y'all are in trouble. We may have to back up and redo. But whoever endures to the end will be saved. And now we see that the believers are not immune to the attacks of these false prophets, these false messiahs. But God will protect them from renouncing their belief in Him. God's elect can be tempted. God's elect can be persuaded. That's you and me as children of God. But they may even be put to death, but they won't fall to the deadly bait of the deceivers. Peter said it this way. I want you to turn to 1 Peter, the first chapter. I want you to look in verse 5. 1 Peter, the first chapter, verse 5. First Peter, first chapter, verse says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed when? In the last time. Now, in other words, God will help us remain faithful. You know, God will help us remain true to our faith no matter how difficult the situation is for us. You know, how, 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 how difficult the times are that we face. And, and, and did y'all do y'all's homework assignment that I gave y'all a long time ago? I haven't asked y'all about it, but about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, you were supposed to read Revelation 6 through 10. Those Did y'all read those? Yes. Did it get your attention? Remember I told you if you think times are bad now, that's what you got to look forward to. If, if y'all wasn't here and to get that homework assignment, this is your makeup opportunity. You, you do revelation. You get in revelation. You should be in the Bible every day anyway. But you get in the revelation and you read chapter 6 through 10. And you see what's going to happen. This is what this sermon comes off of. We talked about that weeks ago. But so we see as Christ followers, we will be able to identify false teaching. We be, will be able to identify false prophets as well as any false Messiah. Now go back to Matthew. Look in verse 26. So if they tell you, see, he's in the wilderness, don't go. See, he's in the storerooms, don't go. What Jesus is telling us when the time comes, the Messiah won't be found in the places false teachers and, and cult leaders hang out. And He won't be where they say He is. We, we, we don't have to go 
somewhere to find Jesus. Listen to me. It's that when Jesus returns, He's going to come to you. You're not going to have to worry about going and finding Him. He will come to you. Now, and if you're confused the least little bit, listen to me. Remember that God's Word is our reliable source of information about Jesus' return. And Jesus continues warning against any false teaching about the Messiah's uh, whereabouts. What, what He in essence is saying there in verse 26, He's saying, pay attention to what I'm teaching. Pay attention to what the Bible says. Don't be listening to somebody else. Don't be, don't be, you know, paying attention to anything you hear or see. Don't listen. No matter how fascinating the message is, no matter how compelling it may look, no matter what kind of uh, signals and signs and wonders they seem to do, don't chase after any rumors. You know, people just love juicy gossip, don't they? Oh boy, we just can't wait to get around a bunch of people and tell them what we heard about somebody. We just try for that. But when it comes to, to Jesus' Word, you better be screwed down. You better know what it says. Jesus is giving us a warning here. And let me tell you something. Oh, it's going to be tempting. It's going to be believable. It, 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 but as true followers of Christ, we can assess the truthfulness of what we hear by how it aligns with God's Word. Now, Scripture doesn't give us the details about when Jesus will return. But it tells us what we can expect. And it's our most trustworthy source. That's the reason why it's so important to be in the Bible. You know, and that's, that's the reason why in my case, I love the Bible so much because I think of the Bible as God's own polygraph. It, it, it will help us detect the liars. You know, and, and, and while we're talking about this, and, and here I go again on social media. I've said before in this church, and I'm going to say it again, it never ceases to amaze me that people that will read stuff on the internet and think it's the gospel truth and read the Bible and think it's lying to them. It absolutely bewilders me. And I, I mean, my wife is big into to Facebook and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I tell her, honey, you need to be careful because everything that is on there doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth. Because that's just one of Satan's little tools that he uses to try to lead us astray. To try to deceive us. So that's the reason why I warn you to be careful about what you're reading. And, and, and if you question it just a little bit, hey, get out the high two book. 
Get out the operator's manual and go to dig it. I, I got so tickled over at Rockwood this morning after I preached this sermon, a, a person or two came up to me and started asking me questions. And I said, hey, look, you got the same operator's manual as I do. Get to digging. Now, now, a lot of times when somebody, and I've got, I've got to get out of this, Curtis, I've got to get out of this habit. People will ask me, well, what is a such and such? And I said, Google it. And I've got to quit saying that because that's not good advice. I mean, you know, it, it, just be careful. I'm not saying it's wrong. Uh, you know, I told y'all I had to do this funeral Wednesday, and when they told me where it was, that's the first thing I had to do. I went to Google Maps just to find it because I wasn't for sure where it was. But, but we just got to be careful. And, and, and let me just show you something here. Let, let me tell you this. I want you to think about past tragic events we have seen in our lifetimes because I remember and, and, and these tragedies would have never happened if people would have read that verse, verse 26, and adhered to it. There would have been no Jonestown Massacre. There would have been no Branch Davidians. There would have been no Heaven's Gates. These people died. Why? Because they listened to Jim Jones. They listened to David Koresh and they listened to Marshall Applegate. And you say, well, I'm not familiar with them dudes. Google them. <laughs> You'll find them. But, but you see, you know what those three guys were doing? They were given their version of, hey, I know this God guy, he's over here in the wilderness. If you'll just trust me and, and go with me, oh man, this will be worth your time. Or no, he's over here. I, I know, I've, I've got him put away over here. I, 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 if you'll just go with me, I'll introduce you, man. He'll make things happen for you. If anyone tells you they know a secret path to the kingdom or they say they've got a fresh new revelation for God, always be careful. Always be careful. And you're sitting there saying, why? Because Jesus said so. What's the nine words we live by? God said it. I believe it. That settles it. I had a guy tell me after, after Rockwood this morning, he goes, I heard a pastor say one time, God said it, it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. That settles it. And there's a lot of truth to that. Alright, look. let's move on. Look in verse 27. Verse 27 through 29, it talks about lightning. Comes from the east, flashes across to the west. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the carcasses is, there's where the eagles will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, talking about the tribulation, it says the sun will be darkened, the moon won't give off its lights, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Now, you ask, how do we really know if it's the true Messiah 
return. Nature will be calling out the coming of Jesus. Just, just look in those three verses. The return of Christ is going to be accompanied by supernatural things happening in the sky. And if it, or at least manipulations of those things in the sky. Now, the, what I want you to see is that these manipulations will be where everyone can see it. Everyone will realize the end is, is at hand and Christ is returning. And if only one of these signs were given, it wouldn't work. Because somebody would say, oh well, that's just an eclipse of the sun or, or that's just a meteor shower. But when all of them occur together, there will be no doubt that God's hand is involved in it. There will be no mistaking it. Jesus' return will be visible and it will be sudden. But then Jesus kind of throws a statement in there. Verse 28, does that make any sense to y'all? Does that kind of seem like a fish out of water? Does that seem out of whack? Well, it did to me too. <laughs> so I'm going to give you old country boy Barton's philosophy here. What I think. All of us know, because we drive up and down the roads, that when something gets ran over, here comes nine million buzzards from everywhere. And why a buzzard would eat a skunk is beyond me. But that's irrelevant. But, but that's what happened. I mean, buzzards are getting so complacent now, you can honk at them. I mean, drive. They don't even move. They just sit there. Well, it's not clear exactly what Jesus meant here. And I'm certainly not no biblical theologian. But maybe it's just simply that people will be drawn to the return of Christ, just like buzzards are drawn to a dead carcass. Because it will be something to behold. It will be something that everybody's going to take part in whether they want to or not. You know, just look again in these three verses, 27 through 29, and it tells us what to expect, what we're going to see. If, if you have to be told that the Messiah has come back, He hasn't. Did you get that? Did you get that? If you don't get anything else today, get that. If you have to be told that the Messiah has come back, He hasn't. Let's move on. Verse 30. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn, and they, they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with the power of great glory. Has any of y'all heard the midnight cry? The song, the midnight cry? If you haven't, when you get home, YouTube it. YouTube the Midnight Cry. I like uh, Ivan Parker's version. 
He, he, Ivan Parker was one of the guys that was on the, all the Bill Gaither stuff. But it's, it's talking about Jesus' return. Now, you notice the one thing that really jumped out at me here in verse 30. It says, peoples of the earth will mourn. A couple of things I want you to see here. Number one is this. Unbelievers will suddenly realize that they have chosen the wrong team. How many times have you heard me stand up here and say, when it comes down to this Jesus guy, you got to pick a side. You don't get to stay neutral. You don't get to straddle the fence. You don't get to stay in the middle of the road. You're either on His team or you're not. I kind of equate it to Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, by the time the Super Bowl rolls around, you either want this team to win or that team to win. And I mean, you just, you're behind them 100%. That's the way it is with Jesus. And by the time this happens, unbelievers will realize they've chosen the wrong side. Everything that they've laughed out, everything that they scoffed about will be happening right before their very eyes and they're going to be oh pooey. Because they're going to realize it's too late. That's one point that I want you to see. Now Jesus is returned, as I've been saying, it's going to be obvious. And previously Jesus had mentioned several lesser things that would precede His coming. But His own personal return, that's going to be the big one. That's going to be the ultimate sign for humanity to return. And He will return with great glory and great splendor. And His greatness is going to be overwhelming to all. You remember in the Bible, and I should have looked this up where it's at, and I can't think of it right now, but it says, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There's even a song about that. But His righteous character is going to be so piercing that all the people on the earth will mourn. Notice that's what that verse says. They will mourn. Why? Because Jesus coming, this is the second point that I wanted to make, Jesus coming will point to the fact that their judgment is at hand. It's about to happen. It's about to go down. There's not another second to waste. So, if you're sitting there wondering if you would truly be able to recognize when Jesus returns, just know that His glory will be evident when He returns. You will know. Jesus said that everyone on earth will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. You remember, that's the way Jesus left. And He's coming back the same way. You know, God used clouds in the Old Testament. You remember when He was leading the, the children of Israel through the wilderness. What did He lead them by? A cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So Jesus will utilize 
them and display His divine majesty. Now, this verse 30 also tells us that Jesus' second coming will be, be marked by great joy and with, with power and, and glory. And I want to contrast here the difference between the first time Jesus came to the second time. You remember the first time He came, He was born as a baby. You know, he, he, His birth was, was uh, there in Bethlehem. And at that time, there, there was very few people that knew anything about it, knew the significance of it. You know, being born to an un, unknown couple in an obscure little village. You remember, even the, who was it? It, it was the shepherds that was watching their flock. They said, let us go find this. Let us go see what has happened. That was the first time. This time, you ain't going to have to go see. He's going to come see you. And, and it will appear with all power and glory that is rightfully His. God's power is necessary in His return because when Jesus comes back again, that's when He will, uh, that will involve the defeat, the conquering of His, his enemies, and also it, He will redeem His people and He will set up His perfect rule on earth. It, it will be established. So with that power comes His glory. You will definitely know the second time He returns. Alright, i got to move on. Verse 31. He will send out His angels with a loud trumpet and they will gather His elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. We don't know exactly when the trumpet will sound announcing the return of Christ. But when it comes, we'll know it. Everyone will know it. For those who know Christ, that trumpet sound, that blast, if you will, will be a welcome sign. Because it will tell us that Christ is coming and we are going. It's done. And you notice that verse says that we Christians will be joined with Christ. He tells us that He will mobilize a group of angels and they will gather His true followers to join Him in heaven. Now notice He calls, Christ calls His messengers angels. Another fact that shows us that Christ is God. Because God's angels are Jesus' angels. You might remember, here again, you're in Matthew 24, look in verse 14. It says, The good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the world as a testimony to all nations. Jesus is going to use angels as the harvesters of His faithful. Now during this time that we're talking about biblical times, maybe still today for nations that have kings, but remember they used to do a trumpet blast. And that was very common. And that, that meant the king was coming with great prominence, with great pomp and circumstance. 
And when Jesus returns, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, it will be announced with a loud trumpet blast. I think of when I get to go to the Johnson Ranch and preach at the Johnson Reunion and Joe Boy gets out his so far and he blows that so far before I preach. Woo! Talk about get your motor running. But I visualize that's what the return of Christ is going to be. It was a ram horn. And they used to blow it like for the Jewish Sabbath, Jewish feast. It was used to gather the Lord's people together. When, when you know, And here's where I'm going to give you several examples. You may want to write these down. But in Exodus 19, 19 and 20, the Bible says, As the sound of the ram horn grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in the thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai at the top of the mountain. Then the Lord summoned Moses to the top of the mountain and he went up. The trumpet sounded again when the worshipers gathered on the mountain of Jerusalem in Isaiah 27, 13. On that, that day, a great ram's horn will be, will, be, will be blown and those lost in the land of Assyria will come as well as those dispersed in the land of Egypt. They will worship the Lord at Jerusalem on the holy mountain. Paul even talked about a trumpet blast uh, when... when uh, Together, God's people at His return. In 1 Corinthians 15.52, it says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and will be changed. One more is 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the archangel's voice and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first study those scriptures now here's the burning question of the day has any of this happened yet no is it going to happen one of these days yes beyond the shadow of a doubt it's going to happen how do I know it's going to happen? Because God's Word says it's going to happen. We already sat, already established. Jesus said it. I believe it. That settles it. It was Billy Graham who said it this way. And I want to read you this quote. The second coming of Christ will be so revolutionary that it will change every aspect of life on this planet. Christ will reign and all righteousness, end quote. My question to you today is this. Are you ready? Are you prepared? If that trumpet blast went off right now, would you jump up and go, Jesus is coming. Or would you go, what in the tarnation is that? Are you ready? Are you prepared? Because it's going to happen. 
So be ready. Be prepared. Be studying the Word. Be looking at what's going to transpire. Because He's coming again. And you're going to know it. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank You again for this day that You've blessed us with. We just thank You for the opportunity to be here, Father, to hear Your Word proclaimed. Father, we just thank You for all the ways that You bless us, all the things that You do for us, Father. And Father, we just ask that You bless us with some rain that we desperately need. We ask, Father, that You be with all the folks that we've mentioned today that are in need some way. Father, just forgive us where we fail You. Just guide us and direct us, Father. Continue to protect us in this very challenging time we live. And as we leave here today, Father, we just ask that You guide and direct us, that You watch over us and care for us, and that You give us the opportunity that we can let our light shine, that we can point someone to You before it's everlasting too late. It's in Your Son's name we pray. Amen.